Hello and welcome to the Gentleman's Hour podcast. Today's topic will be, I guess we'll start off with, uh, kind of the, the, well, we got the answer from Acts 8, um, let's see here, Acts 8.26. The question that, and this started at the uh, Sunday evening uh, post-encounter for East Texas Encounters. how do we reach the people around us, the Christians around us, or even just even the secular people? Because I believe that most of the people in our day, that, or the, the, the place we live in around Seminole, most of them have heard the gospel. How do we get those people to search for a joy that we found, where you you walk or you try to find find ways to better your life or have a more joyful life on a daily basis, not just, not just have it be a Sunday, a Sunday Christian thing where you, every day you take it into your life, you, you try to make life better around you, not because you're a Christian, but because that's what you enjoy doing. That'll be our topic today. So with that, uh, so the, the story and kind of the, the answer that we came up with from that, uh, by the way, Isaac's here with me on the other mic. Hey everyone. The uh, the question I had for the my my brothers was how do we reach the people that, that don't see this every day or that don't don't live the way we do that haven't found the joy that we found and and just try to I think in so many ways evangel- evangelizing or yeah, trying to get people converted has become a task instead of a joy. I don't think it should be that way. What do you think? I don't think it should. Um, I think the reason that a lot of people don't live that way is because they have heard a, what did we call it? A boring gospel. I think so. If, if, if you want to call it that. I'm I'm not saying that the gospel is boring, but uh, I think a lot of times it's presented in a way you know you kind of got to give up your life. It's a duty. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a duty. You know, you got to give all these things up, but uh, there's no replacement, um, if if you want to call it that. But I I don't think it's that you give your that that you give it up. I think it's more. Uh, you take a different direction right but it doesn't have to be boring because i think that that the christian life can be very exciting well we i think we've lived that i mean we shoot we live it every day in the shop really because if you think about it so well i just know from from my own experience like growing up grew up in a christian home went to church every sunday but the, the <laughs> Basically, you couldn't wait until it was over. <laughs> is, is, is that what you wanted to say? <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> well, just it's did, true. So it, it's true. No, it, it really was because uh, not just that. Like even before, like I started, I went to church, but I there was a time where I really resisted uh, any kind of desire, or I didn't want to get. I didn't, I didn't want to blaspheme the spirit or like get rid of it, but I wanted to keep it as a backup because I was enjoying what I was doing. So basically, you just had it there in case of emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Fire you, if, if you came to an end, that was your backup. Yeah. I think uh, the, the gospel is very exciting. You know, let's, let's just think about it. If you become Christian... And literally at that point in time, you have the power to cast out demons, to pray for the sick. Not, not that you have the power, but it's given it, is, us. It, is, it is given to you through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, in, in Jesus' name, you can literally cast out demons, pray for the sick. They, w- they will get healed. And even it says raise the dead. Right. You know. That's something I want to see. Who, because if, if you think about it, most people, they're power hungry. Mm-hmm. 
can you have a greater power than that with you? It's true. Well, see, and, and I, I think, well, even on top of that, so we don't get to pray for the sick or that all that often, but we still like. I think in the, in and I think that's kind of the for me anyway is the way I feel as of now. Still a lot of growing left to do, but I I feel like even like that that yeah praying for the sick and have them see get better. Uh, I have seen very little of that in my life. But I feel like since that revelation in California, I think it'll happen a lot more. I haven't had a chance to pray for anybody, but yeah, for me that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the the highlights of the Christian life. But the day to day, the the words of knowledge, uh, I had one today. Um, hopefully, we won't get completely off track going into this. Not not just the the, the words of knowledge. I think. Knowing in every situation, like we were talking in, in the previous podcast, you know, um, if you run into a situation with, with the truck, it has an issue, mm -hmm. you don't know what it is, but all of a sudden just something pops up and there it is. You know, Have, just, heavenly just, answers. Just, yeah. Have, having that backup, you know, that is just, that is just so amazing, you know, and, and just, just being confident in, in walking in, in the Christian walk. You know, just like uh, um, what I had last week, uh, this guy, he walked up to me. He, he worked at the uh, company where I went to do a job. And, you know, he was so excited that he had another guy there that would speak German. You know, all of a sudden he started speaking German to me. I was like, whoa, whoa, easy, Tiger. <laughs> this is not how we do it, you know. I, I was didn't like, expect it no, there. I, I did not know. And, you know, we started talking about all kinds of stuff. He talked about how they were not really welcome in the Mennonite community because of things that they believed. And I figured he was all into the supernatural and, and whatnot. And so I that just, is a controversy yeah, in our culture. It is. And I just started talking about all this stuff and was so excited about it. And I told him, you know, we go to Andrew Womack Ministries and we go to... Uh, Bethel Church. We have been there to a couple of events, and right away he's like, uh, "We've got a problem there." I'm like, "Why? What?" He's like, uh, "They don't. They don't preach the truth." I, I asked, "Why? What? What? What do you mean?" You know, I was kind of like, "Whoa, <laughs> where did this come from?" I, I, I did. See, I didn't see that one coming, and he's like, "Well." I saw this guy on YouTube. Uh, he was uh, saying all this stuff that uh, uh, that that's a false gospel. And I told him, I said, "Well, if you want to believe everything is on YouTube, then you're in trouble." I said, "There's there's only one way out here." I said, "Either the Bible is is not real, or what you have heard is not real." Because I said everything that I have seen there. That's it's Bible based. Said there's right. just no way that it's not true. Yeah. Either the Bible is not <coughs> true, or or what this guy said is not true. Because I mean, the thing is, if you think about as far as what's on the internet, YouTube and whatever other channels are out there, for every video or every ten videos you can find that are negative, you could find ten that are positive. Not so, not just that. You know, there's some people. Uh, they have nothing better to do than right. uh, watch videos that people make and just. Find a mistake that they make, if if you want, if if you will, and you know, if they make a mistake, then everything has to be bad. You right. Know? But nobody ever said, you know, if you become Christian, that you would be perfect. Well, I think Solomon is a good good point on that. If 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 you're not allowed to make mistakes, or or even like uh, I know one that really got popular was um, ah, what was his name? Zachar Robbie Zacharias. Robbie Zacharias. He really, I mean, there was, I mean, the, and I don't think it's necessary for us to sit there and, and defend him. Uh, I think it should be more educating because the thing is, Ravi didn't end well. We've seen that. Uh, but neither did Solomon. And he, he has a book in the Bible, several of them. Yeah, not, not just that. You know, if, if you have to be perfect, if you uh, are a Christian, then... Nobody qualifies, you know. Just just looking at uh, David, you know, uh, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. 
Yet you look at what David did. It was adulterous. That's the like, first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, you're like, whoa, Adulterer. this is whoever wrote this in the Bible, he did not know what he was talking about, you know. But I, I don't think that uh, we can just go and make mistakes and, and live the life that we want. But I think if we make a mistake, the difference is what do we do with it? Yeah. You know? Can't if, dwell if, on it. Yeah. If, if we repent and, and turn from those wicked ways, then, I mean, I, I, I literally think that we're still good, you know? It's not like you make a mistake and know you got to start from zero. That's what it says. It says it'll throw our sins in the deepest of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said you're not allowed to <laughs> fish over there. Yeah, th that really dawned on me uh, a little while ago. I don't remember um, who it was, but somebody talked about that. And he's like, how often do we come before uh, God and we say, I have sinned again. Uh, can you forgive me? And he's like, what do, what, what do you mean again? Yeah. Because he, it, it says that he literally, if, if you repent, he um, throws them in the deepest sea and, and, and he forgets them. Yes. You know, he does not have the record that, of, it, of, of our past sins. Isn't that? If, if, if they, if he had repented and obviously he, he forgives, you know. So if, if we go and tell him, you know, I have sinned again, he's like, what are you talking about, my son? Yeah. I, I, I literally don't remember that because that is wiped away. So I think that, I believe that's a big part of exactly what we're talking about. Why do people not find the joy of every day? Because I know, like when I, which I was very broken, and I, I think people can find it in all places, but I found my fire at the encounter. And one of the, one of the guys made, made a comment like, well, you know, you were there with some great brothers, which... I don't know if everybody, even the guys that I went with, I don't think there was few, <laughs> few, maybe less, that found the fire that I found there. I found an encounter with God. And, like, it, it's not, I have lived in the world. I was, this is three, four years ago. I've done plenty of drugs, enjoyed them. What, what's somebody saying? If 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 you sinned and you didn't like it, didn't do it right. <laughs> I did it right. I freaking enjoyed it. I've never been drunk. I never drank a lot. It was one thing I, I didn't care for, didn't never liked it. But I've done drugs. I um sex before marriage. I mean whatever you you name it, I'd pretty much done it. And but yet when I found that there was a joy that I did not want to let go of. Not just that. There was a desire. Like, I've been through all of the, all of the, the, the Christian side of your Sunday Christian and try to be a good, try to live a good, healthy Christian life during the week. None of it worked. Because, I, you know, go, go to church, and I, and I was, I would even, like, I, would, I would, on a, day, a weekly basis, like, kind of keep mental notes. What am I doing? Why is this not working? Because I felt as beat down Sunday morning when I went to church as I, as I did um, every other week. Nothing had gotten better, even though I'd gotten my dose of church on Sunday. <laughs> nothing got better. And it was just, this went on and on. It, it, I couldn't figure it out. And not just that. I, I've tried, I tried reading my Bible. It didn't go nowhere. Even to this day, I know this is going to be a controversial to some people, but I don't read my Bible regularly. I do during the day, though. Like, if let's, I let's just be honest, I think most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm not saying that nobody does, but I I think that is that is a struggle for a lot of people. You know, especially if if you don't see your life changing, it is it is just very hard. It's a duty. Yeah, it becomes a duty. I know for my wife, she does it every day, and but she does it with joy. She she looks forward to that every morning. There's a time. With her and God, every morning. I don't. I don't get that there. I do it during the day. I'll, I'll keep this. Uh, I have now three of these books full. There's my third one, not full, but half full. Where if something comes up, uh, something will come to mind. I will stop and find find the um, the verse, Google it, see where it's at in the Bible, read it, meditate on it, write some notes on it. But it's it's a. I do that all day. 
whereas my wife does it every morning and it just it works for her but i can do that and it helps me it i remember those they so, change my daily life so what you're saying is you had to find a way that worked for you yes and, and that was basically the same thing for me you know there was a long time where i would feel guilty if i didn't do it you know oh, yeah. because that's that's what you would hear you know people would tell you you know you got to read the bible you got to do this and i was i was literally feeling guilty yeah. and was like man how how can i do this you know and i i came to a point where i was like you know what this is not working for me i will do it the way it works for me yeah you know and i i, I don't think that we are designed to fit in the same box I'm, I'm i'm not saying that you can just go through life and and not have a relationship with uh, with the heavenly father right but i think not you, a joyful life yeah anyway. uh, yeah exactly if I, I think you gotta find the way that works for you. Yeah. You know, and, and for me it just looks completely different than it does for most people. For for that matter, my wife, you know, she is just like your wife, you know. She can do it every morning and enjoy doing it. First of all, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> if I get up by eight then I I I did good. <laughs> Yours truly is not a morning person either. <laughs> but uh you know, I, I got to find a place where where I feel that I am ready. You know, if, if I have to go and do something that uh, I kind of feel like I'm forced to do it or this is a duty, I have to do it. Yeah. My my brain literally will just just block itself. You know, right. it's it's kind of like, OK, and it's a waste pro- of prob- time. Yeah, probably. In, in, in other words, if you want to tell me what to do. My brain right away says, you know what? If they want to tell me what to do, I'm going to show them I don't do it. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know why it, it does like that, but that's just how I'm wired. Yeah. And, and I also believe in, you know, people have different callings. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, if, if there's a calling, you don't need to read the Bible. Um, that, that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is, you will have to find what your calling is and do what you need to do to fulfill that calling. Absolutely. Right? Well, that's, I had somebody contact me, which I really, really had a great conversation with them about um, my own revelation. Or uh, On the last, last week's podcast, we encouraged having people have their own revelation. That's kind of what we're talking about here. You had to have your own revelation on how where and when to read the Bible to where it actually does some good because that was my thing like I could read it in the morning I could read a couple of verses even the first few verses I might they, they kind of my mind was still there but then it starts wandering and and even those two verses that, that I did remember they did not do anything to affect my life they did not change my they did not add to my life to make it better my daily walk or whatever that might be in it, uh, to, to learn to get closer to the Father so what he mentioned, he said, you can't, you can't have your, your own revelation because now we've got three, four, whatever, how many people you got, you got those, you got five different truths. And that is true. Our revelations, if they don't line up with the Bible, you have to go back and find, find a better revelation. It's not from Christ. That's, that's something I had not thought about that it was a very good point that he made. So I think, but we do, I wholeheartedly believe we do have to have our own revelation. Because I just know that from prayer. I did prayer out of, kind of out of, out of duty. Uh, and same, same before with, with reading the Bible. I now read, when I do read it, I read it with joy. And, and I find answers in there. Like, um, one of the things is that we talked about Sunday evening was when I first asked the Spirit to help me, show me how to follow you. Like, when you asked me to do something, I didn't hear a voice or didn't even feel... So now sometimes I'll feel words or feel something. Back then I didn't. And I specifically, I longed for that. I, I, I want to develop this relationship with Christ. So what ended up happening is I would get pressure on my chest. It wasn't very, it was kind of faint at first. And it got as I kept paying attention, it was usually when I went past somebody beside the road. And... Uh, <laughs> few times in a very inconvenient time <laughs> but because i had spent such a long time kind of 
yearning for the Spirit's calling, for direction, I guess, really, I, I heeded it because I knew that if I kept not doing it, it wasn't going to get any stronger. It was probably going to get weaker. So I heated it, and it got stronger to the point where I don't get pressure anymore when I see somebody. I will get literally like a... I'll, I'll feel it more more than pressure on, on my chest. And from that, but I, I feel like I haven't... I've had some words of knowledge, things like that, but I haven't had anything where I went past somebody and felt like I needed to pull over and, and help them. Um, <clears throat> so... And I think some of that comes because in Acts 8, and it's it's Philip where he goes along the road. Well, let's just start from 26. Acts 8, 26. Then the Lord's angel said to Philip, Now go south from Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. He left immediately on his, this, on his assignment. I think that's the difference. He left immediately on his assignment. And I think that that's how... I believe this is something I've been lacking. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to it. And then I don't. So I, until I know better, I believe that a lot of ways listening to the spirit is like a muscle. The more you listen to it, the finer it gets tuned, the better you will feel it, hear it, and more precise. I think at first it might be, you might get some false Calls because you're not, you're not wobbly. Sure. Yeah, because you might not be exactly sure. Was that was that a spirit longing or was that, was that my own thinking? So I think you might get that at first, but as you work it out, it'll be more refined. It'll be better and to the point where I, I believe that. I haven't gotten there, but I, I believe that. Now that's what, I, what I'm working on. I just found that this is off this topic, but I found interesting. In verse 26, it says, Then the Lord's angel said to Philip, and then as he goes, and then, well, let's go to 27. He left immediately on his assignment. Along the way, he encountered an Ethiopian who believed in, in the God of the Jews, who was the minister of finance for Candace, queen of Ethiopia. He, he was on his way f- home from worship, worshiping God in Jerusalem. And in 28, as he rode along in his chariot, he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. See, and this is what I was getting to. 29 says... He, the Holy Spirit said to Philip. At 26, it was the Lord's angel, and then it's the Holy Spirit, which I don't know what that difference would look like. We kind of talked about that. Um, well, I, I seriously wouldn't mind either one. <laughs> if it's an angel or the Holy Spirit, it's, it's very welcome. So. Right, right. It's, just, it's, it's very distinct. One it, says the Lord's is. angel, and one says, uh, and later on says the Holy Spirit. But even at that, he didn't, even when, when the Lord's angel was holding him to go walk along, Here's another thing. We don't know how many people were there. It might have been in the middle of the day, in the heat of the sun, uncomfortable, desert. It doesn't rain there, so it's dusty. If it's windy, it's sand blowing everywhere. Like it's this very likely could be an uncomfortable assignment, but he went left immediately. And not just that, he kept. We don't know how long he kept walking. He might have walked for hours and come across people that might look like they need help or they they. they we might. This guy, I should really talk to. Even might get. You no, know, he kept going. Didn't get it. And then finally, the the. And this might happen right away. I don't know. I'm just putting things together. But and then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, "Go and walk alongside the chariot." And there was must have been a chariot right, passing him maybe. I don't know. And so Philip ran to catch up. As he drew closer, he overheard the man reading. So he must have been reading out loud. Uh, reading from the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, Philip asked him, Sir, do you understand what you're reading? And the man answered, How do? How can I possibly make sense of this without someone explaining it to me? So he invited Philip up to the chariot to sit with him, and this ended up him being baptized and, and uh, born again. Oh, I guess he was already born again, but so baptized. So basically what you're trying to say there, that he went to a, a weekend encounter. That's basically what happened. <laughs> I right? think the eunuch did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so going back to what, what you were saying uh, that weekend at the encounter, um, I, I think that's where the preparation started, right? Because before that, it, it was like um, you were not getting anywhere, you were not enjoying it. But the, the encounter, you know, for, for me, it was something very special as well. It was. You know, I... You know, people just talking about their past, you know, all the testimonies that you hear and, and everything. It's just, you're like, you, you get something there, you know. Very powerful. I think in order to to exercise that muscle that you were talking about, you first got to clean up your past. 
you know, at, at least find forgiveness in... in okay. Yeah, that, okay. yeah, I get, I, that know, makes sense. Because <clears throat> if, if you don't feel like that you have been forgiven for what you did, you will hold on to it. See, that, that didn't change with me so much. I still struggled with that yeah, probably a year, over a year into that. But you had found something I found that, that, that put you on, on a different road. Oh, I did. Right? I, I found for, a joy. For, for, for me, it was that. You and know? a hunger. And, yeah. For me, it was like, you know, a lot of guilt was gone. And, and I was finally like, okay. I, I, because before that, I was always like, I'm not good enough to even come before God, you know, because of my past. Even though I had accepted Christ as my Savior, but... I, I, I didn't really feel like I was saved, you know. <laughs> so it, for me, it was more like I had added him to my life, but I Spare had not bedroom. Yeah, it, it, exactly. But I had not made him king of my life. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's a big difference. Once you can make him king of your life, or just basically have an addition so in, in your life. For me, I think I feel like my experience was a little bit different than that, and that's that's part of I think what we're trying to get across here. It might look look different for you, but for me, it was I don't I don't feel like I made him king of my life there, but I found a desire to chase after him at all cost. No, I'm I'm not saying that I did it that weekend. Gotcha. But it it put me on that path. Yeah, yeah, that's to, what to, to, yep. to you know to get a deeper understanding and 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 knowing that you're free. There's you know, a, there's a hunger I, exactly to to get to fa- to get to know the father of for who he is, because yeah. I know, and this is taking I get probably a few years, but before it developed, and it, where I get most of my when I think about how would the father react to this when I'm talking to him, I think about how I would react to my own kids. Because the Bible says we're made in the Father's image. So if I'm made in the Father's image, I, I have his reactions. I, I have, they're distorted. They're, they're, they're not nearly as good. His are way better than mine, but we can get an idea from there. And like your kid, when, when uh, <laughs> which I guess that's one thing we might feel a lot on. Like, well, I did it again. Yeah, I know you did. Like, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, uh, that's what I think that's way different from, from our fallen human being versus the fathers. Yeah, and I, I think that comes back. We, well, we kind of talked about this on the last podcast. You know, I, I think the reason that we have an issue with that a lot of times is because we see our Heavenly Father as our father. Yes, our own father. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest mistake that we can make, you know, because, you know, for, first of all, to to understand what a loving father is, you know, no matter what, he's always there. He, he forgives and, and, and he's ready to help again, you know, just to get to that point where you can understand that, that in, in my life, that has been a great challenge because um, I've. I'm, I'm not going to give my testimony, but for me, that 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 was a, a very big challenge because I, I think there was somewhat fear in my life, and I think I feared not not the fear that the Bible talks about, but I I had fear for the Heavenly Father. Yeah, like you have to uh, you have to talk to Him long enough to try to gain His favor. To maybe be able to talk to him, which I think even like in the best of circumstances, what earthly father does not, if you have a rebel, rebel child, which I have one, does not get tired of it. We do. And, and there's, there's a time of weakness where you're like, damn it, man, I, I, can't, I can't get nowhere with this one. And don't, don't you think that Heavenly Father, if he was like us, he would have said that a lot of times about us? I think I would have been burned to ashes years ago, honestly. But, you know, just that that's exactly the point, you know. How can you understand that he is a father that no matter how bad you mess up, he's always there. And loving. Yeah. And, and with open arms, you know, he's not going to hold that against you or or tell you, you know what, you're first going to prove to me that, that 
you mean it what you're saying right because you know, he sees the heart exactly you know just just getting to that point where you can understand that i i think that's at, at least for me that was i'm i'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm completely there no I, I i think i'm still working on it but you know absolutely. there's days you know where i um get so deep into that you know where, where i just think about it how how can that be you know I have messed up so many times, but uh, he how will could he never. Possibly? Yeah, I- exactly. But it does nowhere say that. It doesn't. That, you know, once you pass 1,000 or, or 2,000, <laughs> then, you know, his, his patience is wearing thin. Yeah. You know, now it, you only he, get 50% of yeah, favor. Yeah, exactly. You know, just understanding that his love is endless. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's something that I really can't wrap my brain around that. Isn't it Psalms that says forgives our transgressions and forgets? Something like that. I'd have to look that up to be sure. But uh, isn't also like, so whether you have a father or not, whether you have a good Christian father or not, all of them are going to fail. It's just we're, we are a human fallen nature. Yeah, and, and I, I guess it doesn't affect each, uh, well, I, I know it doesn't. Because I have seen people, you know, they have just had, if you want to call it that, terrible fathers. Mm-hmm. But they're great men today, you know. A lot of times, it that's that seems like from from some of the the testimonies I've heard, not not from people around here, just testimonies I've heard from from people online. Um, it seems like it's almost a given that people that have had a very tough childhood, when they do find Christ they tend to have an easier time to believe the father as being just being all loving and good then because for me it, it was i had a christian home a good home grew up in a church and i mean dad had his faults but they they weren't that many and i'm still struggling with with the father's love to this day, and but I think that's this is also why it's so critical to learn to to learn how to read this or how to feel the spirit and walk in that that desire, so that we can learn what he is like. Because nowhere in the world, even if you look at the best of them, will you ever find the father's love. So there's an there's a necessity. To have a walk where we experience, because for me, so for me, one of these was <laughs> one of these experiences was when I went to that uh, the the um, uh, executive retreat in Florida, in Destin, Florida, with Andy Mason. I and the story goes, I heard him announce it, and it was fairly expensive. And at first I thought it was going to be me and my wife, and then it was only for for men. And it was expensive enough where I knew that the people were going to go were, and it was very limited. It was limited to like six spots, seven at the most, I think, something like that. And only, I think, five that were there. But I realized that the people that were going to go were going to be some of the top CEOs and people that run companies of this country. And that made me very nervous and uneasy about going, which that's why I decided to go because I would feel so out of place. And it was true. We had a CEO from California runs a uh, mortgage company, his own mortgage company. The guy I really connected with was was Ulysses David from. Uh, he lives in Indiana. He, he's a he's a VP of us of an artificial intelligence software company. He's, he's Indian, like India, Indian. And me and him just connected. And we talked uh, one evening till two in the morning, mostly about politics. But one of the things that came across, this was at a time where we were we were starting to, we're, we needed an office and we were starting to think about an office, but we didn't have the money for a down payment to add an office onto our shop. It was 200, around $200,000. And I was regretting because there was a time when we made a lot of money and most of it we give away, which we did. This is part of that searching. I I did everything in my life trying to 
get closer to the father to 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 learn better how he is and what's he like to like even with my money um i took everything exactly what it says don't try to interpret into something else and one of the verses says that if you lend to if you give to the poor you lend unto the lord and i took that exactly what it says give to the poor not borrow and it the other one that says um if you if you borrow money to someone I'm just paraphrasing, but if you borrow money to someone and expect it back as a Christian, what good is it to you? So do the heathens. Like, <laughs> that's a tough one. So we did. We we borrowed money, didn't expect it back, forgave a lot of the debts. But also, I bought, I bought some nice things. We bought a nice house. We bought Marcy a nice truck, which those you could say they're necessary. But I bought a very expensive toy, $35,000, paid for cash, a side-by-side. And that was one of those that I started to regret like it wasn't to me it was a mistake that i'd made and, and i kept bringing it up because and this is what we talked about like i said i, I, I squandered the money some of it i mean I'm, i said most of it i don't know jury's still out whether i did it right or not but that really absolutely wasn't necessary it was just a toy i could have bought one for less than half the price and it would have been maybe not as nice or as powerful but not herman ready <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it had to have good power oh it was for you obviously <laughs> but uh <laughs> so so i i that was one of the my biggest regrets that i had and i said well you know if i would have saved some of that money and that's how we walked apart that evening next day we had a prophecy session in a restaurant and uh, where Andy's wife had a prophecy for all of us that was recorded when she played it. And whoever felt they had a word or a prophecy for whoever was, whose turn it was, we could prophesy or give a word of knowledge for them. And Ulysses was the one who said, I have, a, I have something for you. And <laughs> I don't know if I can do it now without just starting to cry here, but That's he, okay. <laughs> Grown men don't cry. They just leak awesomeness. <laughs> uh he said, "He said God loves the way you play with his toys." And I have another one on, on like that. I, which okay. So to finish that thought, that hit me. I, I mean, like I said, we were in the middle of a restaurant. It wasn't crowded, but there was people there, and I'm not trying to cry. And I lost it. I mean, I cried like a little baby because I felt that it hit like it was. To me, one way I know whether it's the Father speaking or not, it's just that. I can feel his presence, and I get very emotional about it. And that one hit me right square in the face. And um, so that, I, I felt like, in a lot of ways, I had um, I had taken the world's view of how to handle money. That a toy is not necessary. Okay. That That you shouldn't have done that. That was not a... That was not good stewardship of his money. Because the way I look at it, the money I make is his money. I'm stewarding it for him. And uh, if I'm a good steward, he will reward me for it. And I get some of my own nice things. Maybe not toys. But that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like I didn't steward it well. And that turned the whole thing upside down. God loves the way he played with his, with his toys. Like, ooh, that hurt. But And then, uh, so, uh, after my Montana snowmobile trip, I, uh, Mikey, ended up bugging me about buying a snowmobile. And I finally gave in. I'm like, man, since I couldn't rent what I wanted, I wanted a stage two and they didn't rent them anymore and they wouldn't, weren't going to rent them ne- next year. I was like, man, you know, in the off season when, when they're cheap, I'll, I'll probably buy one that's a year too old for half price. And a good friend of mine, John from, from, uh, from New York, he's like, he calls me <laughs> next day and he's like, uh, you want to buy a snowmobile? No, I'm thinking about buying a used one. So, well, my buddy here runs a, um, he has a, 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 a ah, what's that, the, the company? Dealer. Yeah, a dealer for, for uh, that sells the Skidoos and the Can-Ams. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to want a new one. And so I just left it there. But it pondered, it wouldn't leave my mind. I pondered on it. And every time that I would think about it, like when I went to sleep, I thought about it. Man, a new snowmobile, shoot, that's 20 grand, 16 at the most. You know, or 16 at the least, 20 grand, something like that. That's, uh, yeah, no, it's just too much for a toy you're going to use. I live in West Texas. You're just not going to use it enough. But as I was thinking about that, the more and more I've, I had this feeling that, and I don't know if I've shared it on the last podcast or not, but we had a time where... 
where me and Abe were down to four weeks when we'd have to close our doors financially. And uh, we had recently been to an encounter, left our old church. We were going, at the time, we were going to First Baptist Church. And I had never really tithed. And, um, but I'd, I'd read some of it, heard some messages on, you know, trust God with your money. And I was so tired of not making it, never having enough, having to borrow money for, for rebuild kits, things like that. And just, it was, we made 20 grand a year, 24 at best. And, and I was just so tired of it. And we had four weeks and money wasn't coming in. Jobs weren't getting paid. I was just tired. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? I was kind of praying to myself. I'm going to try this, this once. If this doesn't work, then I have to reevaluate how the Bible, because I know the Bible's truth. I knew it at the time. But if this doesn't work, I'm going to have to reevaluate what, what it means. Or, or, or what it says is not face value. You have to interpret it. If, if donating or trusting him with the money didn't work. So I wrote a check. Didn't ask my wife about it. I wrote a check for $1,804. It's the last money we had in the account. That was going to take us to two weeks before we had to close our doors. But I was fine with that because I was tired. And I was going to try. Because God says, try me. Bring bring food in, or bring your money into the I think it says to my house so there's food in my house something like that and um, in Malachi and so I did I wrote that check we made uh, it was three years where we literally made more money than I could ever imagine and that's where we had the access to 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 buy the toys but that feeling that I got when I wrote that check was the feeling I got when I was thinking about buying the snowmobile, considering it. I was thinking, it's like, this is the stupidest decision you'll ever make, Herman. <laughs> you live in West Texas, buddy. We don't even know what snow looks like. We barely know what rain looks like. <laughs> Sometimes. But that's what I felt. And I, I finally, um, looking in the natural, this is one of the most irresponsible financial decisions I could make. But I finally said, you know what, this is what I feel, and I just said, okay, I'll trust you. Which I did have somewhat of a backup there. They're, they're scarce enough where if if this isn't right, I can probably get rid of it with uh, not losing too much, maybe lose two, two to three grand on it because it'll be brand new and and um, there's a shortage, so I probably wouldn't lose too much money on it if, if I ended up selling it after I get it. But So... It, that was part of the thing that kind of comforted me. But the biggest thing that made me buy it was, I will trust you in this. I will try it. I haven't gotten it. It's supposed to be here next next spring. So, but in a lot of ways, I feel also one of the guys at the East Texas Encounter prophesied that Isaiah 60 over, over the business. There's going to be a city on the hill. And... I, I I don't know. Somehow this there's a feeling, and like I said, it might be off. It might just be because I want it to be. But I really do feel that the the spring next year's spring is that timeline where the Isaiah 60 is supposed to happen. I had another email from somebody else that said uh, talked about where um, Elijah after he kills all the, the Baal prophets and he sends his um, servant to go look for, because it sounds like rain, go look for a cloud. And he sends him once and he says, there's nothing there. And he sends him seven more times. The last time he comes back, says, there's a, there's a cloud the size of a, of a fist. And he says to the king, get your chariots ready and go home before, because it's going to pour. And I told her about a testimony we've had on, on in the revelation of prayer. And, and she said, this is what came to mind. And I felt like that was... Um, <clears throat> a financial breakthrough for us. So there's two different ones that have kind of pointed to a financial breakthrough. And I feel like it is spring of next year. But all this, I guess really what we're I'm trying to get to is this comes, and I think that the confidence in trusting what you feel and going with it, even though, even though uh, you don't, it might look, strange to everybody around us maybe even to the christians because the way i handle my money i'm not used to from anybody else we give a lot so what you were talking about uh going on on your trip to florida you were very uneasy because of the people that you were gonna encounter and whatnot 
isn't that where you get uh, to the next step in your life? Because I have I have been to a lot of places, very uncomfortable. Uh, but I I think if you give yourself the opportunity to go somewhere where you feel like I don't belong here, this is not for me because everybody is 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 great here and I I don't fit in and all of that. That's normally where you get a a new revelation, a a new step in your life. Just just thinking about it, you know, when we still lived in Mexico, um, I was so sick and tired of everything that I was like, I got to try something different. And so back then we were so poor we couldn't even think for ourselves. Couldn't pay attention. (laughs) Couldn't pay attention. Um, But there was a, a men's advance at uh, Karis Bible College in, in Colorado. So me and my family were like, okay, uh, we're going to barely make it round trip with the money that we have, but we're going to go. You know, I walked in there and I was like, damn it, what have I done? You know, I don't belong here. You know, all these guys, everybody knows everybody. Everybody is a great guy here. I don't I was, know nobody. I, I, I don't know nobody uh, spoke broken english but i was so desperate you know i i was willing to give everything up and and just see it what what is out there you know and one of the things that came at the at the first um event that i went to Karis bible college was there were so many people that had prayed over me for uh the speaking in tongues i was so desperate for it but i I could not find it you can't speak in tongues (laughs) Uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave that for another podcast. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. The first evening, you know, I was I was so uncomfortable, but I was like, if there is something here for me, I'm gonna get it. At the end of the uh, um, teaching that he did, he's like, we're gonna have two prayers. If you have not been saved, come up front. And if you don't speak in tongues, if if you are saved and you don't speak in tongues you come to the front too i almost <laughs> flew over those chairs to the front i'm like okay this is something i've been waiting for i'm gonna get it if that is available i'm gonna get it tonight or i'm gonna give up and the prayer was so simple i think that's where we miss it sometimes yeah it was so simple and all of a sudden you know it just just start started to flow but there was people, you know, that had prayed over me and prayed in tongues, anointed me and whatnot. But there was just nothing, you know. You would open your mouth, you was <laughs> there's nothing there, and it, and now it was just starting to flow, you know. But at first, when I got there, I was like, "This is the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. I should not be here. This is so stupid, you know. This one Mennonite among all these people, you know, and you would see great guys walking, you know." dress very nice uh, suit tie but you know you're just, just like should have never this, come yeah this this man and i doesn't belong here <laughs> you know and and i have seen that a lot of times you know then when we moved to texas uh me and you we were here probably for three months we made a trip to florida oh yeah that was <laughs> Oh, that was one of the best trips you have ever made. Above me, that's what I think. That's where we really got to know each other. Above and beyond yeah, ministries. But you know, we didn't know much about that ministry. We, didn't. we just heard about it. We were like, okay, we're going to Florida. And I, I, I think that was the same way. You know, we were willing to step into something that we didn't know anything about, and just give give it a chance. You know, and then later on to. You have been to Todd White's ministry. Where have you been? I mean, you have been to Bethel. We have been... Dan Moeller. Dan Moeller, yeah. We went to see Dan Moeller. That was Great cool. guy. Yeah. Dang, that was, that was a good weekend. Man. Andy but, Mason's, which is yeah. part of Bethel. Well, for now, they're splitting, splitting it off. But I think that that's really just what, what you're talking about before, that you can find 10 videos that are pro someone, and you can find another 10 that are negative about somebody great. I think the best thing is, because I, I did, I, for a long time, I believed it, uh, the, the negativity about people. 
or about the, some of the great leaders, preachers, whatever. And they might have their shortcomings. I don't know. I'm just glad I'm not judging them because I would, I would get it wrong. But the, I think the biggest thing is on this, find it for yourself. Exactly. You have a spirit. Aaron, uh, almost called Marquito. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. No, but I, I think uh, if, if you listen to somebody, if, if you listen to a message or, or whatever, you know, a podcast, Whoever is speaking on there, they have their shortcomings. They do because nobody is perfect, right? You know, if if you if you go and listen to somebody with the intention that he's going to be perfect, there's no flaws. Might as well give up right now because yeah. it, it, it's it's not going to happen. Right, but they, they're going to have but, some great callings. Usually. Yeah, exactly. You know, but if 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 they're walking in in that calling that that's on their life, there's a reason for it. You know. There's a reason for that, that that they have a calling, and there's a reason for that you're there. Yeah. You know, if, if they have a calling in, in, in specific, for example, Andy Mason, business. Yeah. You know, he has a calling for that. Wow, does he And ever? if you are there, that means you are not there to observe, observe see if he's going to do everything perfect. Yeah. You're there to... To learn. Let the spirit speak through him to you. Absolutely, you know. But I think that's the biggest thing. Like, go find out for yourself. Just like I said, you have a spirit. I have a spirit. You can discern whether what they're saying is blasphemous or not. Don't take somebody else's word for it. Go find out for yourself. That's what we did. Like some of these, some of these guys, like um, like Andrew Womack, for example. And like I, I gotta say when. When I first started listening to him, I was pretty headstrong. Everybody has to believe in this healing stuff. I don't see that anymore. There's a lot of more things that that he sees different than I do. Uh, one of them is country music. He he, <laughs> he makes the joke that if you play country music backwards, your dogs come, your dog comes back, your truck comes back, and your wife comes back. I still like country music, <laughs> but it, it's his. That's the way he feels. And he's allowed to. Doesn't mean he's wrong. Doesn't mean that I'm wrong because I, I still I still like it. So, at the at the end of the day, I think the best thing is go over there, find what they preach, and see what the spirit gives you. I I think uh, you will find out very soon if that is for you or not. Absolutely. Or uh, well, I I think it's always for you. So let me let me rephrase that. I think you will find if that is truth or not. Yeah. And then no, you make and, your own decision from because, there. Because yeah, exactly. Because if there's something going on that that my spirit feels like okay, it's, this this is not right. I I still have to make a decision. Am I just going to join or or will I back off? You know. And if if you get somewhere and you're like okay, this is this is not right, then you got to make a decision. What are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. And I have never been as far as I know, to any ministry where I feel like... I've, I've been disappointed because normally when I go somewhere, my expectations are through the roof. You know, I, I expect a lot. And there's a couple times when I came back very disappointed. But it wasn't their fault, you know. It was me because I was expecting and, and, and kind of where was expecting that those people were going to give it to me. Right. And that is wrong from me. Because... The people cannot give me anything. Right. It's the spirit. But, you know, a lot of times when somebody speaks, and all of a sudden the spirit, you know, will just, something will, will just... Wake up. Yeah. You're like, oh, he didn't say that, but that's what that's I what, heard. That's, that's you know? exactly right. Just, uh, who is it? Jesse Duplantis. He did a sermon, and a lady walks up, and, th- and she said, thank you for talking about this and this. And he's like, wow. You're welcome. But he didn't remember that he ever talked about it. They went back. So they, they recorded that. They went back and he never talked about it. So she heard something that he never said. Yeah. So that's, I, I, I think if you're open to the spirit, he doesn't have to specifically speak about it. The spirit can still give it to you. That's, so that's actually one of the reasons why I take my little book into pretty much anything where I think we're going to talk anything spiritual, which <laughs> that's pretty rare that we don't like even business meetings tend to usually. And I think that comes from the fire that, the, that, that fire that I got at the men's encounter 
this desire to find Christ, it, it's not that I'm trying to lead a conversation there. In some way or another, it always does. So are you trying to say that uh, it must be true what the Bible says? Where the heart is full of the mouth, the mouth will speak. That's, that's <laughs> somebody said that book is truth. It must be, but and that's that's why I t take this book because I know at, I was dealing with some depressed, like not straight up depressed, but a, a depressive spirit. Miserable, yeah, a miserable depressive spirit before um, before we had the first uh, West Texas uh, pre, but the pre account the server meetings server training meetings and Fado Jr. had and I would have to go through my lit, through my notes to see exactly what he was, he was talking about something in Romans or oh, renew your mind and what I found out of that and I did this while he was speaking like he he talked about it so I found it on my phone and started and it immediately started speaking to me but it wasn't what he was saying I got something else out of that and I started writing it down and I came out of my depression there So you were not a very nice Christian. You were not listening to what he was saying. So Listen, you were, you were kind of. <laughs> but I, I, I think uh, that is where we got to be open. Yes. You know, if somebody says something and, and it speaks to you and all of a sudden you are in your own bobble and you're getting downloads, I think, I think you don't have to feel guilty that you're not listening to what he's saying because what the Spirit is saying is a lot more important than what somebody else is saying. Yeah. So that was one thing, you know, I was, for, for a long time, I was dead set on, you know, if somebody's speaking, I'm going to listen, what he is saying. And that has changed, you know. If somebody speaks and all of a sudden I hear something and, and you know, things start to download, I don't, I don't care what he says. Right. No, no, no I'm listening to what the Spirit has to say. Yeah, I start writing, which I, I think to a point that there's there's a there's a respect that are that it, I, this is why I see it. There's a respect that's owed to to the preacher, or whoever the speaker is. If you're there, there's a reason why you're there. Given the respect, at least, like not at least, but like when he when he starts, pay attention to him. But uh, like you said, once once the Spirit starts speaking, I start writing. And then once that's once I'm done writing, I'll go back to listening. But if I wait till I leave, it's going to be gone. <laughs> yeah, that that's something that I have realized. If you don't take note of it right away, normally you will forget. You know, there's there's been a couple times I, I remember I have a I, I had a couple dreams that I think were very meaningful, and I never wrote them down, but. I could tell you right now exactly what the dream was right. because it was so significant. But uh, most of the time, if you wait, it, it, it will be gone. You know? and, and the same, same thing with dreams. You know, I know a lot of people think a dream is just a dream. For me, it's not. I, I, I think uh, the spirit speaks to you in, in a dream. A lot of times you know? can. Sometimes a dream is... I, I believe a dream is just a dream. Right. I'm not saying that every dream, I, I hope that not every dream that I've had is, <laughs> well, is, I, is meaningful. But uh, I think if, if, it's, if it's so clear, you know, there's that, a point that, in it. that you wake up and you're just like, whoa, what, what just happened? I think uh, it, it's worth uh, paying attention to it. Well, I think it's, you treat that probably the same way as you do uh, listen to people what's your spirit tell you right i mean yeah your spirit exactly. will usually be able to, or yeah if you are in touch with it and you, you um pay attention to it i think usually your spirit will will yeah will, will, will kind of gauge the significance of it and then from there you can explore what it what it might mean or might not mean but the the idea that like what you said to go outside of town and f talk, you know listen get into those places where you're uncomfortable That was for me that uh, executive retreat. It was I was so completely out of my zone. But what I, the one thing I that really, really stuck with me was you know these guys are CEOs and one a uh, vice president of a, of a AI software, a massive company, and we kind of all introduced ourselves what we do. <laughs> I was the one guy like and he's like so now you got to explain what that is that you do. <laughs> well, the first thing when we got we went fishing, deep sea fishing. The first thing I want to know what kind of engines are on here. 
And then he's like, that's just like Herman. He has to know what's driving this thing. But I love engines. I do. I it, they, they excite me. And so I explained to him what it does. And I actually had one of the prophecies was um, Andy had this prophecy. You'll take your company national. And he said it'll be, it's not anything you specific that you'll work towards very intentionally it'll be kind of like what you do on the tuning on equipment when you when you tune because he, he asked what is it that, in layman's terms what are you doing and i said well we basically we take the operating system of the engine that runs the engine and we fine tune it to make it more efe- more efficient in fuel and in, it makes more power with less fuel also the engine stays cooler so you, you, the engine life gets prolonged so it's better overall and you see cost savings in fuel right away. And he said, basically, what you do there is is how you'll take your company national, which I can't say I've ever had a desire to take it national. Now I expect it because of the prophecy, uh, and I'm looking for it. But but if if you think about it, um, the way you're operating your, your company, it wouldn't take much because in, in how many states are you already? That's true. <laughs> but mostly I, I, travel. I, yeah, I, I, I exactly. Traveling. You know, it's it, it wouldn't take much, you know, if you would advertise a little bit. Now we're having this uh, beard clump on there, too, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm very proud of. That I'm learning how to tune. And it's at first I was like, oh, my goodness, probably have made a big mistake, but I'm really starting to enjoy it. But uh, I, I, I don't I don't think it would be very hard to become a. a uh, national even even for that matter international I, I know i'm expecting it how it'll happen yet i don't know because <clears throat> i'm i really like that it's not something specific that i'll do it'll it'll, it'll kind of happen on its own and i think well even if you read isaiah 10 which the the people the guy that told that gave me isaiah 10 for my business um they don't know each other but they match. Isaiah 10 talks about how the um, the kings of the world you will you will have their ear, things like that. So I'm I'm curious to see what it's going to look like. <laughs> it's, it's it sounds like a lot of fun, especially if it's not something we, we really thrive for. How that will happen is is going to be a unique experience. But ma- the the biggest thing for me was like the, meeting these guys. Like I said, these are these are people that are at the top of their game in whatever industry they're in and i don't know i guess maybe some i don't know if it's just in our culture but especially in our culture when i was younger there was a it was a really big deal that the older men older boys would not associate if you were half a year or a year younger and in business i feel a lot of times it's similar that a lot of them are not like that because i know i know people from around here um, like Hans Fair, uh, even uh, what's a JNL that owns John Lepke. These guys are not like that. I am I'm a small business owner, uh, Diesel Solutions and DS Performance Tuning. I'm not somebody that makes massive amount of, of wealth and, and distributes it or anything like that. We're, we're just another small business shop in West Texas. I mean, we, we have a big presence in in the in the industry as far as fixing trucks a reputation mainly but around here we're not a big deal but they they have no problem talk i don't know i i spent one um this years ago i I was a system coach and we had a we had a pool party afterwards and uh john hans fair was sitting there by himself and i went and talked to him and the man talked to me like i was just another friend and i didn't even really know him I, I think the problem is uh, most of the time it's not the people that that we think you know they're so much higher or you know they they have a big company or whatever. They 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 people don't feel that way. Right, it's we feel ourselves us, here. Yeah, you know we we see them as you know they're these great guys, and and I think that's why a lot of those people that have big uh, big companies run big businesses they feel lonely. Yeah, it's lonely because, at the top. Yeah, nobody really feels like I can go talk to him. Yeah. 
But nobody bothers to either, or to find out that's not true. Exactly, and I'm I'm just the opposite. You know, if I can go talk to them, I, I, I will do it. You know, sometimes it feels like oh, I, I should probably not do it, but you know, once you start talking to them, you realize you know they have a life just like you. You know, they it, they 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 want to have friends. They want to have somebody to talk to. Or for that matter, you know, sometimes you you uh, look at them as like. Wow, these are the great guys. You cannot just go and have a normal talk, you know. Yeah. You have to have all these fancy words. Or they won't I, I I don't think that they expect that. I right. I think it's more like I would just like to hang out with a guy, you know. Yeah. I I just want to be a man and I I just want to be myself. Just be a regular Joe. Yeah. Exactly. I I think it's true because not j- there's that, but another thing is and I found this in one of my great friends I grew up with, Indio. Uh he loves to share his knowledge. Not just that. Usually, he feels inferior to even try to share it. Like, like it's not good enough to sh- share with somebody like me. Like he's he's got a greater, bigger business than I do. But the the times that I've taken to sit down with him, and it's not even to sit down <laughs> that we've crossed paths and we talk for an hour or two, he shares so much knowledge. And I think a lot of the people at the top have a desire. To share the knowledge that they've they've found, they enjoy it, and we're doing ourselves a disservice with stay, staying away from them. Because that's what even like with that executive retreat, these guys, I mean, they were like the top of their game, and and they accepted me as one of their own, like I was part of their their club. And it's not like that. We, me and Ulysses are still in touch from there. Yeah, I think if you just bother to go and, and, and talk to them, you know, I, yeah. I think that's that's where the difference is. So, what should, for whoever is listening and for ourselves, what should we do for homework this week? Maybe um, you caught me off guard there. I I, I did not see that one coming. So <laughs> that wasn't. You will have to answer your own question. Well, I'm thinking because um, you remember how a few Tuesdays this is on a Monday, obviously, because we have we have post encounter next tomorrow night. But a few Tuesdays we had um, our homework was words of knowledge. How to use them? Did we get any? Kind of write it down and talk about it. How did we get them? Kind of fine tune how to get words of knowledge. How about we do? For this week, whoever is watching this and for ourselves, and we'll kind of go over what whoever sees this, leave it in the, leave whatever you find in the comments for, for you that is listening and watching. Uh, leave it in the comments what you found. We'll go over that and we will talk about our own experience on how do we better listen or understand and, and follow the the Holy Spirit's guidance, and whatever that might be, work, uh, talking to people, all areas of life. Uh, kind of do the, the uh, Acts eight twenty seven. he left immediately on his assignment and practice that and see where it takes us or what the results are for, for the next podcast. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great one. Let's, uh, let's kick off with that. Yeah. Or or let's close for, <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> close it with that. Well, so here we are, a little over an hour. We're going to shut it down there. So whoever is listening to this, give us feedback on what you'd like to see, what you'd like to hear, what you thought about the podcast, and what we talked about, and also like on the on the homework. Leave it in the comments, um, and we will talk about it next next week. With that, we will sign off. <laughs>